Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Why don't we stand? We're going we're gonna to go to God in prayer and ask Him to open up our hearts. Because how many of you know you can hear but not receive? You can hear something but not be ready to receive it. Do you want to, if you want to receive it, let's pray together. Jesus, we're asking you, God, to open up our hearts and our minds and help us to receive the word that you have for us today, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, you touch this old mouth, God, and help me to help these people. In Jesus' name, God, I'm asking you to anoint these lips. In Jesus' name, we're asking you, God, to open up these hearts. Open up these hearts and have them receive the word. Help me to help somebody today. Can you clap your hands? Thank you, Jesus. All right, you may be seated. So I did not write down a lot of notes because a lot of times when I do that, I get really stiff and I'm not myself and I just, I didn't want to be anybody else but myself. Is that all right? Because there's only one of me. So I'm good at being myself, just not like my husband is so, he's so cool and he has these big words and so smart and everything and I just... I see things in a different way, so I'm just going to be myself today and um, let you have it. Thank you for having me. I have a 19-year-old, a 15-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and they're all boys. My son Preston is fixing to go in his second year at Urshan, and I got a sophomore in high school and a third grader. And so I feel very comfortable here with you, and I feel like I'm in three different seasons at once because I am, and a pastor's wife for 13 years of two churches and been through a lot. So I want to talk to you today about doing His will is what fulfills. Now, I'll be 42 in just a couple of weeks, and the only times I've ever felt true fulfillment is just doing the will of God, right? It's what we want to feel fulfilled, don't we? At the end of the day, we want to feel that fulfillment that we've done the right thing and that we've made a difference. And I have found through the different seasons of life, the only way to get that true fulfillment is to do His will. So I want you to turn to Matthew 6 and 10 if you have your Bibles or if you have your phone. And this is probably a scripture that you have heard your entire life, and that's okay. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me break it down. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his approval. That's what that means. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is the approval of God. When you study that scripture out, that's what it means. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his approval, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what does that mean? So what are all these things? That means what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, how God's going to take care of you. He's going to clothe you in your right mind if you do what? Seek first his kingdom and his approval. But what does culture and our world put so much pressure is what? For their approval, for the approval of others. And it's nice to have the attaboy. It's nice to get the pat on the back. It's nice to get the likes. It's nice to get the hearts. But ultimately, what we're here for is the approval of God. If you live by the approval of man, you'll die by it because you have to have that. So if you live for it, then you'll, you'll die by it. So we're supposed to be seeking first his kingdom and his approval and everything else is going to be added unto, added unto us. And so another thing that I want to talk about adding to this is when I said um, doing his will is what fulfills. I've done a lot of things um, in life to fulfill myself. There's things, there's giftings that we have, there's things that we like to do. And those fulfill the things of the flesh. 
There's things that we like to do. Um, I love to design things, to do interior design. I love coffee shops, those cool spots. There's things that I like to do that I go and I'm like, man, this has been a great day. I love food. Does anybody love food? Yes. I love traveling and doing the Yelp or the Google and finding all these cool spots. I used to be on social media, been off for almost a year, but I like taking the picture and like posting it because I love people and I love meeting new people and doing all those things. And that's fulfillment in some areas. But the ultimate fulfillment is doing the will of God. I want to talk to you about something that's really personal to me that the Lord just helped me with, and I, I, I really feel like it's going to help you. Can you turn to Matthew eleven twenty eight? It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens light. All right, so what are some of the things that we can yoke ourselves in? I'm just going to start naming some stuff that we yoke ourselves in. He says, come unto me, all ye that, are, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn to me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But how many times has there anybody in here feel like that you have a heaviness or a burden and you're carrying around stuff? It's because we're being yoked with the wrong things now. We're putting yokes on ourselves that the Lord didn't ask you to yoke yourself with. So there's, these so, there's so many yokes of bondage. Let me just name a few. So your past. So there's yokes of, of past or past mistakes, past errors, things that happened to you. And I'll get personal. There's things that I feel like God wants me to do. There's a will of God that I need to do, but my past is going to yoke me up. I'm from the country. I grew up rodeoing and riding horses, okay, and barrel racing. And I just can't picture that here today. But... I did, and that's what I did. Before my mom got us in church, we did a rodeo. And I was gonna win. I like to win. Anybody like to win? I like to compete. So when you team roping, my dad would, they put that bridle and that bit in the horse's mouth, and then he's got this tie down, it ties their neck, so they just can't throw their neck all around because you gotta be in control of the horse. And so it's this tie down, it clips, and it keeps his, his head where it's supposed to go, keeps his eyes where it's supposed to go. And then in race horses, they have what, those little things over their eyes? So they can stay what? focused and not be yoked or see other things around them. So you have the yoke of the past. So first of all, let's talk about that. You've got to throw down the past and the mistakes and the shame and the guilt because there's no shame in Jesus' game. He don't do shame. So we've got to get over that yoke, take that yoke off of us and get to work. Moses was a stuttering murderer. Jonah was a runner. Abraham was a Sarah pleaser. David was an adulterous murderer. Peter was a denier. He was a liar. Judas was a betrayer. These are all people that God used. Thomas was a doubter. Paul was a persecutor. Solomon had a lust problem. Martha worked too much and was a complainer. Rahab was a whore. Jeremiah cried all the time. Gideon was the least and he had to have a fleece. And last but not least, God used a donkey. Is there anything too hard for God? So we don't need to be yoked with the past. We don't need to be yoked with what we were before Christ or the mistakes that we've made. So that's a yoke that we put on ourselves. That's a heavy yoke that will hinder you. When my husband was preaching last night, I was like, get off my message, babe. But I knew there was going to be some people in this class today that we pick up things that we lay down. So we give it to God, and then we pick it back up when we yoke ourselves with it. Or we get back on social media, 
And I'm not like this preacher that's going to get up here and like preach against social media, but my God, it has got such a control over this generation. You never get too old to feel that pull, the political push, the putting all these ideas in your mind. It's just not truth. It's not truth. And we yoke ourselves with that and we look at other people's lives and we say, I can't measure up. I'm never going to be that. I'm not educated enough. I've got to do. You put all this pressure and all this yoke on yourself when God has called you to do certain things. So those are some yokes that we do that God didn't put on us. And we've got to be careful of who's sitting at our table, who you're eating lunch with, who you're talking with, because spirits are contagious. And then you get yoked with that and you're carrying around things you're not supposed to be yoked with. And that's going to be a hindrance to you to do the will of God. You won't be able to fulfill the will of God when you're yoked with the wrong things. Name some other yokes. So we've got your past, past mistakes, and you've got getting yoked with the wrong ideas of culture and not measuring up toward one another or looking towards. Have you ever done that? Look, to, look at another friend and say, I don't, I don't have what she has. Or another leader. And it's okay to look at, at people and want to be like them because of the God in them but people are just people people are gonna make mistakes leaders are gonna make mistakes I can stand before you today and tell you that I have not made every decision right being a pastor's wife for 13 years I mean my god I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing when I first started but God grows us he grows us and teaches us so they're gonna make mistakes so people are just people but name some things maybe that you're struggling with that you struggle with or have struggled with somebody Comparing, we just talked about that. Come on, there's no wrong answers. Self-confidence, yep, that's good. Self-esteem, anybody else? Nobody, ain't nobody struggling here. Covetousness. Covetousness, that's a, that's a big word. <laughs> but it's good, looking at other people's things and wanting their things, yes. or wanting their life. Yes. Somebody open up. I know I haven't named them all. Depression. So there's these yokes. You're just putting them on. If I had a hula hoop or if I had a rope or a, I don't know, I feel like I do have a rope on. But you put all these things on yourself and yoke yourself with these things that God didn't even ask you to yoke yourself with. Let me say it like this. I'm an Enneagram one. Does anybody ever, does anybody do the Enneagram? So we love information and like sharing. A lot of people don't want to hear your information, you know, but we're also very self-critical. So before you could even criticize my message today, I'm just talking to you, just being real. I've already processed it two or three times before you could even do it because I'm self-critical. And um, so I'm going to be like, you should have said this. Why would you say that? Blah, 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 da, da, da. We're going to do that. So that's, it. that's my yoke. He didn't put that on me. So before I go to bed at night, sometimes I'll run through all these things that, you know, or um, I'll run through like, man, you really did bad at being a mom today. You know, like you could have said this. I was talking to my boy the other day, my oldest boy, and I was giving him some advice and, you know, and I laid in bed that night and couldn't sleep because I thought of several different ways that I should have said it because he's a total different personality than me. Like, I just say what needs to be said. Like, I say what people are thinking that nobody else says that I probably shouldn't say. And so that's kind of how it was with him. I said, I just need to say, say what needs to be said and this and this and this and that. And he's just sitting there like, man, that was really rough. You know, like, man, you just let me have it. And of course, he's a fixer. He wants to fix it. And I'm like, there's nothing need to be fixed. I'm just telling you what I feel. But men want to fix things, you know. And I live in this house of all these dudes. And my husband's like, not everything has to be an emotional event. 
And I'm like, it does. It does. It's like noodles. I, everything touches. For me, when I'm upset, I'm upset at everything, everybody. Yes. You know? But I get mad real quick, and then I'm over it real quick. Not, not, my, not my boys. They hold a grudge for a while. I'm like, that was five minutes ago. So, <clears throat> so there's all these yokes that we put on ourselves, or not, we're carrying them around, whatever it is. Like you said, this heaviness, this depression, this not measuring up. I'll never be that. I can't do that. I've got to think this way. I can't even have my own thoughts. I've got to, oh, they, this is how they do it. This is what they think, whatever, whatever. I can stand in a crowded room and feel different. Yes. I feel different from anybody else there. God puts stuff in us, and we got to realize that, that that's how we are being fulfilled is through God's will and yoking ourselves with Him. So I'm going to break down this, this verse. It says, Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Number one, what do you have to do? You have to come. Come. That's a verb. you got to move. It's a choice. So I'm driving down the road, and this was just a couple of weeks ago, and I have been praying for a long time. Jesus, please take this from me. Take these thoughts from me. Take these negative thoughts from me. Take this, this pressure that I put on myself, this yoke that I put on myself. Take it from me, God. I've been praying about it for years. There's things that I've been thinking that I struggle with. I know nobody else does that in here, but they come, and I give it to him, and then, but they come back and all this, and I'm like, I was driving down the car, and I was like, I've begged you to take this from me. I've begged you to heal me from this. And he spoke these words to me. I have taken it from you time and time and time again. But you keep taking it back. And that would be like me putting on a jacket every morning and then coming to you guys asking you to remove it. At some point, you're going to look at me and say, you put it on, you can take it off. So are there are some things that we're putting on ourselves that we can take off, and it's a choice. So it's a choice to come. Say that. It's a choice. You got to move forward and, and you're coming to God. You're going to step out in faith and say, God, I'm giving you these yokes that I'm putting on myself. Number two, it says, take. So come unto me, you are weary, and our burden I will give you rest. And it says, take. So that means you have to exchange your yoke, your thought process, your burdens, whatever those are, and you have to exchange it for His. So take my yoke upon us. So that means you have to make an exchange. It's another thing, it's action. He told me it comes down to choice. And then the third thing says, learn, right? If you learn, learn of me. What does that mean? Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it says, and learn of me. How do you learn of God? You go through different seasons, right? You grow in God. You read his word through prayer. You might be able to get some things wrong and not right, but if you miss prayer... If you can get prayer in your spirits now at this age, what is this age group here? Uh, 18 to 35. 18 to 35? How old are you? 19, that's my son's age. You gotta get a hold of prayer. Prayer is where it's at. That's how you learn from God, is through prayer. He gives revelation through prayer. He changes your life through prayer. He shows you things in prayer. You can get a lot of things wrong. And I say that lightly, as in, you might not have the best attitude every day, but you better keep walking into that prayer room. You may struggle with your uh, mind and anger in this, but you better get into that prayer room and keep a broken spirit. He said, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, that will not despise. 
So you've, that's how you learn and you go through different seasons in life. And he said, then you'll find rest. You'll find rest. And so this is when I was driving, I decided, he told me, he said, I've taken from you several times, but you just keep picking it back up. So when those thoughts come, this is what I've learned to do. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things are just, think on those things. So when those things start hitting you in the face and you start thinking all these things that are holding you back and you start putting them on you and you're not being able to do the will of God. Guys, when you are yoked with things other than Christ, you're not going to be able to do the will of God. You will never feel fulfilled if you're yoking yourself with different things of bondage. You will never be fulfilled. His yoke is easy. If you're going through something and it's heavy and it's not easy, that's your yoke. I have learned that if I'm cooking for 15 people a day or if I'm, do, I'm stretched out and I'm being crucified on the cross and I'm doing all this stuff, who asked that of me? I put pressure on myself and I yoke myself with this ideology that I have to be this perfect person and this pastor's wife and have to do all these things to measure up and it's not true. That's not what he asked of me. He asked me just to be myself and he asked me to be yoked with him and his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And you're going to go through different seasons of life and you know you're going to suffer some because Jesus suffered. If you want to be like him, you're going to go through what? Brokenness? Mm -hmm. Hurts? pains but it's all about being yoked with Christ you know you can be yoked with him and go through these different seasons the last prayer that Jesus prayed when he was on the cross what did he say he said take if you can if this cup can pass please take it but it didn't pass until after he took a drink from it so do you think that we're gonna be able to be any different we're gonna have to take a drink of that cup of suffering let me talk to you about suffering real quick Anybody suffered physically and mentally? Yes. You've ever been hurt by your friends? I think it hurts worse to be hurt by a friend. Because if it's somebody you really don't know, why would you care? Hey, mean girls. There's got a lot of mean girls, right? Uh, mean guys. I know we have it going on in our youth group. I've seen it. Before you leave people out on purpose, hurt each other on purpose, right? I'm telling the truth. We've all been through that. We grow. I remember coming to my seat one time as a 16-year-old, and then the girl that moved my purse. Moved my purse, and I'd have nobody to sit with. We do some crazy things growing up. Hurting each other. we got to stop it. When I uh, went to the doctor to take the boys to the doctor a couple weeks ago, and he said that there have been more suicides in 12- and 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds last year than ever before. The pressure's great. We gotta love one another. Don't get quiet on me. We gotta love one another. We gotta love one another through their, their trials and whatever they're going through. It's a big deal. We want people to be able to come to church and be safe. We don't know what they're yoked with and we gotta help them. We gotta help each other. And I know we gotta suffer. There was this hiking trip that we went on a couple of years ago. My brother is a pilot, and he had this idea that he wanted to go on this huge RV vacation. And I don't camp. I glamp, but I don't camp. And I was like, I am not going on an RV vacation. This is ridiculous. I need a hotel. I need a, you know, I need those things that we need. So one of those vacation, and we went to Zion. Has anybody been to Zion National Park? You've been? Well, there's this hike called Angel's Landing, and it's one of the hardest hikes and 10 people have died the last time I checked on this hike. 
and he decides, no, I didn't know any of this before I started on this hike, okay? And at the time, our youngest was five. And I was so mad at him on this hike. I'm telling you, when I say to you that every part of my body was hurting, it was like uphill most of the way. If you can get a chance, Angel's Landing, look it up. So we're like walking bent over. You know, it's not like I trained for it. I mean, the only thing I trained for was I got my, my keen hiking boots. So if you're going to go on a hike, you got to have your, the right stuff, you know, or you're not, you can't make it in tennis shoes. It's too slick. It, th those rocks are too slick. So we're, and there was drop-offs. And so I'm like moving my son on this side so he doesn't die. And I'm livid at my brother, y'all. I can't even tell you how mad I am at him for picking this hike. I'm like, he should, if, and then I even got mad at my husband. I was like, if my kids die on this hike, I'm never going to forgive you. I'm like, y'all was mad. I know you can't picture it. But I was so mad. If I'm not talking, I'm mad. And then what comes out, I, I'm not responsible for. And I'm hot. And I had about 10 pounds of weight in a backpack, and I'm hiking up this monstrous hike, and it's just terrible. At some point, oh, this is what my brother was doing. He'd come back, behind, he'd come get back there, and it's like, sis, we're almost at the top, just a little bit more to go. I thought I was going to choke his face off. I was so mad. I wanted to just, yeah. And um, he's only 13 months older than me. Mm. I'm like, I can't believe you've done this to us, our family. We're going to die. We're not going to make it. We're going to get stranded up here. How are we going to get down? And let me tell you, going down is harder than what you think because you're already exhausted, and then you're trying to stay standing up when the incline's down, and your, your muscles are just shaking. Anyways, let me get back. So, so we're trying to go up the seal, whatever. I'm mad. I'm mad as a hornet. I'm going up this hike. There was so many beautiful sights. Everybody was stopping and taking pictures, but I refused to take one picture. I wasn't taking no picture of this hike. I would sit there and just stare at them while they were taking pictures. I didn't get no photo. I didn't do anything. I didn't want to see any of the pretty sights. We We made it all the way up to this, I think it's called Scout's Outlook. And we got up there and we got sat down and we ate and everything. Still mad. So my point of this story is, the Lord had supplied so many beautiful sights along this suffering. And I missed out on all of it because I wasn't happy with the season or the hike that I was on. And he had supplied all these beautiful, beautiful scenery. He had supplied all of this stuff. People were just enjoying it. I couldn't enjoy it because of my suffering. But you can still have joy during the suffering. And you can still have joy during these hard seasons of life. And he's given us so many beautiful, beautiful opportunities through this suffering part. During this broken season, he's still supplying. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Even though you're right in that, you're in this season of brokenness and growing, he's going to supply help. There's going to be these wells of living water that's through it. There's going to be somebody that encourages you. There's going to be these times of refreshing that God gives. But if we've got our head down and mad, you're not going to enjoy any of the things that God has for us. So do we have questions that have been submitted? So how do you stop yourself from comparing yourself to others in your ministry? Get off social media. 
number one, if you're on it. It says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If you can't stop looking at it, get off of it. That would be the first thing that I would do. I would shut off any, anything that's making me have that yoke and that burden of comparison. So however you need to get rid of whatever it is, or is somebody in your church are comparing, I quote the verse, what helps me is whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on those things. So that's not pure, those thoughts of comparison. It's the thief of joy. Comparing yourself to one another will steal your joy and you'll never fulfill the will of God because the enemy will back you into a corner and you'll never get out of that corner because you won't do what you're called to do because of fear of comparison. You're never going to be like somebody else. I love to get up here and minister like other people do. I would love that, but that's not who I am. You can't compare yourself. God has called you to do and to communicate the way that you do and no, there's not going to be anybody else like you. So you've got to get rid of the yokes. Whatever situation that you put yourself in, you have to make the choice to get out of it. We have processed ourselves to death. Do this, do that, do this, and do that. And a little bit of prayer. When Mary Magdalene had seven devils, one touch of the master's hand healed her. He didn't say, I'm going to take three and a half today. And then tomorrow, come back and I'll take three and a half more. Jesus is enough. So whoever wrote this question of comparison, Jesus is enough for you. I'm going to point at all of y'all because I don't know who it is. But Jesus is enough for you. And you're enough. You're enough. You've always been enough. You'll always be enough. If you stay yoked with Jesus Christ... That's how you're going to fight the comparison. And I'm telling you, when you feel that coming on, you've got to go into a prayer closet and speak in tongues. I can't speak from experience from anybody else. But for me, I've got to get in there and find him and yoke myself with him. And when you yoke yourself with him, the, the pure thoughts are going to come. You need to cut out anything that you're watching that is taking away your pure heart. You can be Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, and still watch horror movies. It desensitizes your heart. They're not you're not, you won't be sensitive to the things of God. You won't be able to discern the things of God because you have he, that, all the stuff you're exposing yourself to and yoking yourself with is taking away that pure heart that he gave you. Go back in that prayer closet and ask God to give me that pure heart again. Create in me, God, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Does that mean because you've got the Holy Ghost and, and that you've been born again that you're never going to struggle? No, but you've got choices to make every day you wake up and you say, I choose to believe in myself. I choose to get up and worship my God and yoke myself with him. You can't yoke yourself with God if you're not spending time with him. You can't. There's no way that you can do it. It's not magical. There's not a magical scripture. The whole Bible is the word of God, but there's not something magical, magical I can say right here for this, except for you've got to yoke yourself with God. You have to fight it. You've got to get a fight in your spirit. On that. So how can I avoid the distractions slash family at home when I'm trying to pray and read the word? Now, I'm a little ADD. I'm not going to lie. Anybody else? Yes. Um, I can walk and pray. I can talk and pray. I can be in the middle of a crisis and pray, but I do get distracted by things. I can't think of anything more distracting than three kids and a dog when you're trying to do something. 
people coming in and out asking for food. I mean, that's, what, that's all my sons want to talk to me about is what's for dinner, what's for breakfast. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if I'm praying or whatever. They're going to ask. They're going to ask me something right in the middle of prayer. But you've got to find just a place. If your family's distracting you, you've got to either, if you can drive, <laughs> you've got to leave and you've got to go somewhere. You've got to find that prayer closet in that time and fight the distractions. Nothing is more important. I know a lot of people get up and go to the gym. Randa's not getting up and going to the gym. I'm going to get up and be with God first. Because if I get up and go to the gym, I ain't going to show God to nobody. You see what I'm saying? i got to yoke myself. It says, those that seek me early will find me. So whatever your early is, if that's five, if that's six, if that's eight, that's ten. Everybody's early is different. It says, you seek, seek first the kingdom. So when I get up, I'm going to seek first him. Because if I go out without seeking first Jesus, and if I go out without, ain't nobody getting Jesus from me that morning. See what I'm saying? It's very important to yoke yourself with Jesus and to get with him before you do anything else. That helps me with the distraction. Music helps me with my distraction. Uh, with family is just, I find it more hard if I miss that morning prayer. If I miss that morning of getting with God, that's when everybody's on my nerve. Everybody's aggravating me. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's going right. If I didn't get, and I know there's times, there's grace. His grace is sufficient. And I want to say something right here about this anxiety and depression. A lot of times we get anxious and depressed over the future. You know why? Because his grace is only sufficient for today. So if you're anxious for things tomorrow, yeah, you're going to be anxious. Because there's no grace there. There's no covering there. So you have to stop yourself and say, i got to live in this moment i got to live in today. I only have grace for today, so I'm not worrying about tomorrow. Prepare and pray for the future, but there's no grace there, and that's when the, the, the anxiety will come. Or the, I had my first anxiety attack a couple years ago. I thought my son was in a wreck. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it, but it was my first one, my first experience of having that. Fear is a natural reaction, so don't worry. Fear is, you're supposed to not want to walk in the street and get killed. You're supposed to fear that. You're supposed to fear a dog attacking you. You've got to give him control of your life. It is like with this COVID. I mean, I remember thinking last March, we're all going to die. Did anybody else know that? Like the first guy to die in Tulsa was the man that prayed me through to the Holy Ghost. I remember I was on Dolphin Island when we got the call that he passed away. This is before we knew if we were all going to die or not. I was just thinking we were all going to die. And I know that there's been so many deaths and, and, and everything. There has been, been so much suffering. And, but at the end of the day, this is what helped me. I'm Jesus' girl, and I gave him my life. If he wants to take me, it's his business. I'm not going to leave a day early, and I don't get to stay a day late. So whatever his will is. And that took a lot of that fear away from me. Is at the end of the day, I say, my life is yours. My family is yours. And that's hard. But if we really truly believe that he's in control of our life, we have to trust him with everything, with everything. And there's nothing like having to say that when you have children. I will fight you. I will take you right on to glory if you mess with my boys. And my boys, I got big boys. My, my oldest boy, 5'10 and a half, 11. Middle son's 5'9. They're big boys. But I will take you out if you mess with them. And so for me to think that something would happen to them, 
And for me to say, God, I, I gave them to you when they were children. When he went off to Urshan, the thought of him getting sick without me there was pitiful. I was crying around the house like a pitiful... The dog would go stand at the door and wait on Preston and I would start crying at the dog. He's not coming back! Go lay down! It was so dramatic. It was a very big emotional event for me. But those are your children, you know? And I can't explain to you how it feels to trust God with something that you've raised your whole life and, and your parents have to do it with you, but you've got to do it for yourself. I give you myself. I trust you with my life. Can too much self-confidence and thinking you're better than others be a yoke? Yeah. Pride cometh before a fall. Knowledge puffs you up and thinks that you don't need God. Knowledge puffs. Now you get be all educated that you want to be, but the first time that you think that you're bigger and better than God, you're going to fall down, flat on your face. You know, you can prepare all that you want to, but if you don't have a broken and a contrite heart, I've seen it, I've seen people educate themselves right on out of the Word, analyze themselves right on out of the Word. I've seen God do something and them take it back, and I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding? He just took it. It's not that hard. You know, so yeah, you, it can be a yoke because you know why? Because it turns into pride. But also there's pride of like, I can do all things through Raina, what strengtheneth me, you know? There's that pride. But then there's the other flip side of pride. I can't do anything. Like you said, I, I'm nobody. I'll never be anything. I'll never measure up. Look at my family. Look at my dad. My, my dad wasn't a preacher. I grew up in, like I told you, on the, <laughs> I told my kids I've been on the streets. I grew up on the streets in the rodeo. And I didn't have that pastor family and all this stuff. And I see things in different colors. My whole, my whole world's colorful, you know. I, I just love people and I, I believe God. I'm just that naive to believe he can do anything. Amen. And I, sometimes I just come to him and I like, keep me in this little world, God. You can do anything. He can do anything. But yeah, that there's two sides of pride. I, through my power that I've done all this. And then this opposite side of that you don't feel like you'll ever measure up. And both of those are wrong. They're both wrong. Those are the, not the yokes. You say, God, I want to see myself as you see me. But if you don't be ridden yourselves of the environment of the yoke, you're going to struggle for years and years and years and years. Now listen, when Mary Magdalene had those seven devils, there was a weakness in her mind. So something happened, either abuse. There was some abuse, some hurts there that opened up her mind to these seven devils. There was a weakness there. But Jesus in one touch... He can take that yoke in one touch. But if you get up every morning and you put it back on, you're hanging out with the same people, listening to the same music. I'm a music person, but I'm telling you, music, there are all kinds of stuff in music that gets attacked. Movies, I'll say this because I do have guys and stuff, but what I'm saying, ain't gonna be no bloodshed. I know y'all like to see people's heads be blown off, people blowing up and all this, and beating up and being getting whooped and all this. But, there's, but think about the spirits that are in those. Revenge, lust, so you think it's not going to affect you? I'm sorry. It will affect you. You're going to want to start getting back at people. You're going to have to start having problems with anger. Men, you struggle with other things than women. It's your eyes. You've got to keep your eyes clean. You've got to lift up your hands without wrath and doubting. 
you got to shield yourself from those things. If you're allowing those things in your life, you're going to keep struggling with the same things. You have to make the choice to yoke yourself with God or go ahead and keep struggling with the things that you put on yourself. Rid yourself of the environment as much as you can. If you live in a home, maybe somebody in here lives in a home, their family doesn't live for God. In the name of Jesus, I cover you right now in your mind, in your heart, whatever you're going home to. But Jesus is big enough to take care of you. He's big enough to shield you. He says he is your shield and your buckler where you can run into it and be safe. He's the strong tower. He will shield you. Cover your room. Cover your home. Cover your the arm. Don't get up and leave without putting the armor on. How do you expect to make it? The world is in an identity crisis, but you don't have to be. You get your identity from the Father. If after last night you're still carrying some things around, I'm asking you to lay it down right now. Can we do that? If you woke up this morning, or maybe you got um, on your phones last night afterwards and you just realized you still weren't enough, or maybe you've doubted that God took it, can you, can you do that this morning? We have time. We have six minutes. You want to lay some yokes down and not pick them up in this room. You can just put them right here and you can walk out and you don't, have to even ta- you don't even have to worry about it no more. Jesus is enough. He can do it in one touch. And you're going to make the right choices. Why don't we repent right now? Jesus, we're asking you, God, forgive us of all of our sin. Forgive me, God, if I've said or done or thought or acted out in any way, God, that's unpleasing to your will. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I don't want anything in my heart, God, to hinder the work of God that you have for me today. I want to be yoked with you. I am so tired of carrying around these thoughts. I am so tired, God, of carrying around these burdens. I am so tired, God, of carrying around, Jesus, these struggles that I'm having. Oh, God, I'm asking you to wash me right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm asking you, God, now right now I want you to lay it down. Lift your hands. Lay everything down at his feet, God. I want you, Jesus, to take this from me, God. I'm giving you this bitterness. I'm giving you this unforgiveness. God, I'm giving you this comparison. I'm giving you this pride. I'm giving this to you right now, Jesus. I don't want to carry it anymore, God. These negative thoughts, Jesus. This unworthiness, God. I'm giving it to you right now in the name of Jesus. I lay it down at your feet, God. Right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I don't want it anymore, God. I want to be yoked with you. God, you're worthy of all of my praise, God, and you're worthy of me, God, to lay this down, Jesus. It is not your will that I carry this. Your yoke is easy. Your burden's light, and I'm so tired of feeling heavy. I'm so tired of feeling alone. Your yoke is easy, and your burden is light. I'm not going to walk around carrying this on my own anymore. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you, God. Come on, lift your voices to God. Lift your voices to God. Take it from me, God. Take it from me, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray a covering of your spirit, a covering of the shield of faith, a covering of this prayer, God, over her God, when she goes back home. In the name of Jesus, you'll be there, and you're enough, God. You'll be there, and you're enough, Jesus. Hallelujah.